morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Training Group. And our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And welcome to Thursday. It is the second day of December. Happy birthday to my youngest son. Uh, James is now 19 years old, and where the heck does the time go? Uh, it's uh, I feel a lot older now that I've just said that. Uh, I felt young right before I said it. Now I feel old. So there you go. Happy birthday, kiddo. Uh, he uh, he was back for for Thanksgiving, and this is how crazy it, it is. So this is he goes to a. Very expensive school. You know, thank, thank, thank you, football gods. But a very expensive school, uh, expensive like seventy thousand plus a year, expensive. And, and before think, other expenses, yeah. Think about the ridiculousness of that all. You know, I, I used to harp on Ben Bernanke. You know, when Ben Bernanke went to Harvard, because Ben Bernanke, uh, you know, I, I really think. That a prerequisite for anybody that has, uh, you know, becomes a Fed governor or the head of the Federal Reserve, you should actually have had to have worked in in the real world. <laughs> so Ben Bernanke liked to say that he had real world experience. Notice how Janet Yellen never talks about her real world experience because she didn't have any. Uh, but but his real world experience was one summer. Well, he was going to Harvard. He worked as a waiter at a Mexican restaurant. Oh, he was slumming it. Yeah. yeah that was his real-world experience. Of course, what he doesn't tell you is that it only cost $3,000 a year to go to Harvard back in 1971. Oh, you know, you know, those now, now, Harvard right now is about seventy five k. You know, my son's at the University of San Diego. It's, it's well... Probably seventy two k. You know, it's a little cheaper than than Harvard. And Trust fund kids don't want to do icky things like waiter jobs. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> I don't think uh, working the summer as as a at a wait, waiter at a Mexican restaurant is going to afford you the luxury of going to uh, one of those fine <laughs> fine institutions. But again, it's just the destruction of wealth. Uh, has you know you could almost you could probably argue that the education at Harvard's probably gotten worse, uh, right? And, and and not better. Uh, the, and and yet somehow it went from three thousand dollars a year to seventy five thousand dollars a year in fifty years. And and this is really now again, but there's no inflation. I, I just want to throw that throw that. And I know they they we we bury transitory. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, transitory. Uh, retired. Yes, it's it's. Re- oh, that's right. I guess it didn't die. It just got retired. Right. My bad. You're right. Because they got to be able to take it out of retirement if they want to. <laughs> I guess you could unretire. Right. Right. So right now it's just retired. It's re- it's taking a break. It's worked a long time. Right. I mean, transitory was around for like a whole year. So you know, it's time to take a rest. It might be transitory again right before they raise the interest rates to ten percent. <laughs> I, I will say this, and again, I, I know like like today, I think gold's down like ten bucks, and, and I just kind of laugh, you know, because 
all of this, and we talked about this house of cards. Listen, interest rates, you have to understand. These guys out there that, that push the, the, the paper and all that, that's what they do, of course, sure. But they think, oh, well, they may raise rates six times between now and the end of 2024. Okay, have they ever, ever looked at history? Ever? That would be, uh, first of all, that would be the lowest amount of rate hikes. And once when the Fed enters a rate hiking cycle, right? They they always go uh, look at oh one. They went from one percent to five and a quarter, and there wasn't really no one was talking about inflation there. Mm-hmm. I promise you this. It is going to be so much worse than that. And, and I will also say, remember, uh, take housing as a prime example. All of these institutions bought all these houses. I mean, that, that's really what's happened in housing. Well, why? Well, the answer is simple. Uh, they buy 10-year treasuries, which is what they used to do, and then get 7 8 9%. Well, now they get one. Well, one point four. Holy cow! One point five. Let's go. Let's go crazy. One point five percent. Guess it's better than negative. So they know. <laughs> well, I can buy this house and rent it and make seven or eight percent. That's right. Well, guess what? What do you think's going to happen when the interest rate goes back to seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve? 15%. Yeah, you got and, a 25% mortgage. And, and, and all of a sudden, the value of the house that they bought continues to plummet. They're going to just walk away like they always do. Oh, we'll file bankruptcy on that unit and go back to buying treasuries. It's, yes, that's right? true. That, that's what's going to happen. And anybody out there that thinks that they can stop inflation by raising rates six times in the next two plus years, uh, you, you really, you're either an idiot that doesn't understand how it works, or you're just trying to deceive people because you can't, you don't want to believe what the truth really is. I think a lot of it is, it's not that they're idiot. I, I don't think they can actually, it, it, it can't be. Because it'll crash everything. Well, yeah, guess what? That's exactly what's going to happen. When we get back, we'll play a little clip about the productivity in money. 970. No, that's this thing. <laughs> that's the radio season. Yes. 800. Lots of phone numbers when you get around here, man. You can see my confusion once in a while. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what is it. 800 951 Nine two, man! Wow, I'm really struggling. You dealt with a lot of numbers last year. A lot, a lot of numbers going on. Um, remember Alan Greenspan, the the maestro. He was such a such a smart guy, and he always said it's all about productivity, right? He called it the productivity miracle, and. Really, what the productivity miracle? And of course, you know they talk about well the the internet and and all that, which is true, right? But most of it really was, hey, we just shipped the jobs that we quote unquote didn't want to somewhere way cheaper, 
and figure it out. Hey, you know what? They'll work for so much less. We can build it over there, truck it to the ports, put it on the ship, drive the ship back to the United States, unload it, put it on a truck, Send it to a warehouse, which then distributes it to the stores where the person puts it on the shelf, and we can do it, all of that, and still have it cost half as much. Right? They did the math. The productivity miracle. Okay? This is a clip that we're going to play about which talks about all this creation of money. And how it actually destroys productivity, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we have going on today. Jack, play the clip. Now, most, if not all of you, already know that inflation is theft. And even if you don't go that far, you know that money printing steals your purchasing power. Another way of saying this is that money printing just makes prices go up. But what is rarely understood is the mechanisms by which this happens. And when pressed on this claim by anyone who thinks that moderate inflation maybe is a good, it can be very hard on the spot to articulate exactly how money printing steals your purchasing power. So in this video, I wanted to give you what I consider the most fundamental explanation of how this system works. That way you can understand and articulate to anyone exactly why inflation is theft. Ready? Let's dive in. All right, so the first thing that we need to answer here is the question, what needs to be done to get money? What does somebody have to do to get their hands on more money? And the answer is produce value. You have to sell something that somebody wants. For many people, most of their lives, you're going to be selling your time. You're going to be selling your labor in exchange for dollars. For some people, you actually create products, like you create a pizza and you exchange that for somebody's dollars. For others, they might be creating some sort of entertainment that somebody wants to pay for. But whatever it is, in order to get your hands on new money, you must provide value in some form or another to society. And value is subjective, so it's not intrinsic value that you're providing to somebody. You're just providing value to somebody that they find more valuable than the dollars that are in their pocket. Now, the second question that we have to answer is, what can you then go do with that money? Well, you use that money to acquire value. You can go buy pizza. You can buy time by paying somebody else to mow your lawn. You can purchase convenience by paying for shipping instead of going to the store and picking it up yourself. You can buy necessities like a roof over your head. So after answering those first two questions, we arrive at the third thing that we need to recognize, which is money is the middleman. Money is the middleman in between the value that you produce for society and the value that you want to acquire from society. Money allows you to store the value of your labor, your time, your products, until at a later point, you want to exchange that value 
for the value of somebody else. It allows you to get something from somebody even if they don't want what you have to give. For instance, if all you know how to do is flip burgers, that's not very useful to somebody who only wants an oil change on their car. But because of money, you can go flip your burgers, store the value of that in your money, then go pay the pizza guy for a pizza which you want, and then he wanted an oil change, so then he takes his car to the mechanic and gives the dollars that he got from producing his value, which was the pizza he gave to you, he gives that dollar, those dollars to the mechanic and gets the oil change that he wants. And on and on and on it goes. Money is the middleman that allows you to store the value of your production until you use it to exchange it for the production of others. Now, number four question that we have to answer, what does the government have to do in order to get money? Because we know you and I, if you and I want to get money, we have to produce some sort of value to somebody in society. What does the government have to do? Well, they can press a button. Yes, both legally and technically, it is more complicated than that. But ultimately, the central bank creates money and funds the government's spending that is in excess of its ability to tax and borrow. This is money that is created out of thin air. They are not required to produce anything of value in order to get their hands on dollars. But here's the key. Their dollars are just as good as your dollars in being used in exchange for value. So if the government desires labor, a service, a product, they are not required, they are under no restraints to produce value first in order to acquire the value that they want. All they have to do is press a button, dollars are created out of thin air, and then they can use those to acquire the value they want. So you're probably asking at this point, so what? Isn't it their money? And what harm does that cause to anybody else? And here's where we get to the point of the whole video. The creation of money out of nothing undermines the value of production. I'll say it again. The creation of money out of nothing undermines the value of production. And in order to test this hypothesis, we need to do one thing and one thing only, push it all the way to the extreme, which is giving everybody access to the money printer. What if anyone could print dollars? What if every single person had a printer at home that all they had to do was click a button and real legal official dollars would come out? Well, suddenly now I'm feeling the urge for a pizza. So I call up my local pizza joint and I say, hey, I've got some dollars, come deliver a pizza to me. But what's he gonna say to me? He's gonna say, well, no, because for me to deliver a pizza to you, that requires real resources. I have to get uh, cheese and dough and sauce and then use my own labor and then use my own time to come and give it to you. But all you're going to give me in return is something that I can make myself by clicking a button. So I'm not going to, as a pizza guy, I'm not going to accept dollars in exchange for my labor and my time and my resources when I can get dollars by printing a button myself. Suddenly, dollars are no longer a vehicle that can store value of production because it's not necessary anymore for anybody to create value in order to acquire dollars. Everybody can click a button. So if everyone can print dollars, it would immediately render all dollars worthless. The creation of money out of nothing undermines the value of production. And to the extent that some money 
is created out of nothing. By any actors, the value of all production is undermined. Now with that statement, you're probably thinking, are you certain about that? Because it makes sense. If everybody had access to the printer, the dollar would immediately become worthless. But what about if just the government does? Well, here we have to recognize that scarcity is the default state. Resources are not infinite, at least in accessibility. Here's what I mean by that. There may be an infinite or near infinite amount of solar energy in the universe, but the amount of that energy that is accessible the amount that we can collect and transform into usable electricity is so small that it is almost zero in comparison. So it takes production to create abundance out of scarcity. So now back to the government printing. When they print, we know that they get purchasing power without first having to produce or create value. But they are able to use those dollars in order to acquire real value, real resources. This means that they are competing with producers of value for real resources. But at any point, they can outbid private actors for real resources because they are not constrained by the fact of trying to, uh, of having to produce value first. They can create dollars out of thin air and purchase as many real resources as they want, regardless of the value that real producers have produced. And to the extent that they do this, they undermine the value of that production. Because without the printing to acquire those real resources, the private actor was going to be able to use his, the value of his production in order to acquire those resources. But now you have a player who enters that doesn't have that constraint and can pay more for those resources simply by pressing a button. And as the money supply grows from all of their printing, they're using it to suck real resources out of the economy, away from those who provide real value. And as that money supply works its way throughout the economy, it becomes much more abundant relative to all the value, relative to all the wealth, relative to all the goods and services. And as that money becomes more abundant throughout the entire system, it starts to mimic what would happen if everybody had access to a money printer? To a smaller degree, maybe it mimics if everybody had access to a money printer that only printed a dollar a day or $10 a day or $100 a day, but you get the point. To the extent that the money supply grows and works its way throughout the economy, the money supply becomes more abundant relative to all the stuff and mimics to a smaller degree what would happen if everybody had access to a money printer. This means that the value that was previously stored in those dollars as a result of getting them from providing real value, the value that's stored in those dollars starts to decrease. And despite very hardworking and cautious individuals working very hard and saving lots of money, living below their means, every dollar that the government prints undermines the value of their production. Their own stored labor is now worth far less to society as a result of all that new money that has been printed working its way through the economy. This turns good enough. <clears throat> that's that's it's good to have because Joe <clears throat> excuse me, Joe has been yelling about this, especially this year, day after day after day. And sometimes it's good to let another voice that sounds a little different say basically the same thing that we say every day, which is the government can steal production and value away from us because they get to print the money, Joe. Well, and again, here's another way of understanding why it's even worse now. Obviously, the amount of printing, right, mm -hmm. we, we, we've seen. And, and you go back, you know, uh, really when we really got away from gold altogether, 1971, 
when R- Richard Nixon closes the gold window, uh, and and you look at debt, four hundred billion dollars. That was the total national debt in nineteen seventy one. Of that, most of that debt was still from World War Two. Yep. And then Lyndon Johnson's Great Society. Uh, between those two uh, initiatives, if you will, if you call World War II an initiative, that was about almost $300 billion of the $400 billion. And now we sit here, yesterday we talked about how we one of the debt clocks uh, just hit $29 trillion. Uh, as an example, in 50 years, we essentially, and again, that number is a fallacy. Uh, and, and I saw today the the debt limit that it it ends. I want to say tomorrow. So they've got to pass a, another resolution because they're they're not passing a budget again. Uh, so the government's on this limited spending plan. But we know sometime in January or February, whenever they finally get something passed, that the deficit is going to be over $30 trillion. So we've added $30 trillion in 50 years, where we added $400 billion in 195 years. And of that, too, you know, a lot of that was World War II. Most of that was World War II. And then, of course, Lyndon Johnson and his great society. And in 1971, they took something that had production value, gold, out of the equation to give us something that has no value, Federal Reserve notes, Joe. Yeah, and when we get back, we're going to talk about how much money is going to no value, to no production. Yes, ma'am. Welcome back here, Pedro Radio News Hour. 800-951-0592 and, and really uh, another just a, a a different way of saying what we've been saying all along about the government, their printing press, robbing uh, us of our productivity and here's another great way to think about it, you know it used to be and, and, and this is how uh, I'll call it mission creep, right so uh, it starts out, you know. Hey, we're going to go in debt, and we're gonna we're gonna build the Hoover Dam. Right? We're we're gonna build the ports in in L.A. and Long Beach and in New Orleans and in in South Carolina. Right? We're gonna build ports, uh, airports. We're gonna build. The freeway system. Remember old Route 66, right? Got rid of that. Hey, we got the the I-10, and we're connecting uh, the whole entire country together. And 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 you get, yeah, you spent money, but at least there was some productivity you could gain out of that. Now, fast forward to today. The vast majority of government spending now is a zero return game right food stamps zero return send everyone a check hey we're just going to mail people checks we get no productivity out of that we get consumption but no productivity the worst one being paying the interest on the debt you get nothing for that well you get absolutely nothing the bankers get something for that and and i'm going to tell you right now they don't want to they don't want to believe it they they can't admit it listen they know 
Believe me, they know. Interest rates are not going to go up a quarter of a point or a half of a point. We're talking about inflation now, real inflation, to the point Jay Powell has to quote-unquote retire transitory. And you should have heard what he said about, well, you know, what transitory meant to, to you wasn't necessarily what it meant to us. And again, right? You and us. I thought it was we. No, no. It's never been we. It's always been you and us. And for us, we didn't mean, you know, you guys wanted to use transitory with a time frame. They have a higher form of English than we do. Yes. You, you, you simpletons. You, you, you simple-minded fools. You're just too stupid to understand what we meant by transitory. Yep, yep. <laughs> right? So apparently we're going to redefine the English language. So let's retire. What, what, what basically happened was, hey, uh, we can't fool you with that word anymore. So we're going to retire that word. I'm going to try to come up with something else. But the reason I'm retiring is not because we're wrong. No, no, no. We're not wrong. It's just that you're too simple to understand what we meant by using the word. What happened, Joe, is I don't speak Spanish, but I know what adios means. And I think everyone figured out trans transitory is adios. They're like, oh, well, they learned that one. Let's got to do another one now. Right? We, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure he probably made a call to Greenspan. Hey, can you give me one of these words <laughs> that, that no one really knows what it means? And, and I'll just use that word instead. But let me explain what's going to happen. As they are forced to fight it. Now, there's no guarantee they're actually going to fight it. They're still, oh, oh well, we may speed up. Like I will tell you this right now. The uh, Omicron virus, Omicron Prime, you know, the new, the new Transformer, the, the leader of the uh, of the uh, Decepta, what is it? What is it, Jack? He's hitting it right now. Don't fall asleep at the uh, wheel, Jack. Sleeping. He missed it. So the uh, when 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 we're looking at it, he's hoping this thing becomes big. He is because that way he can say, "Well, you know what? Uh, I I I can't fight inflation right now because I don't know what's going to go on with this new variant." Yeah, and it may screw it all up again. Right? That's what he's hoping for. I don't think this variant's going to be a big deal. That's what, I, again, I gave you my opinion uh, the other day. I think this may be a better, this is better than Delta because I don't think it's as powerful. And I think this is what we're, this is just my opinion. I think every one of these variants that comes is going to weaken in strength and it's going to be more like the flu, just kind of like what we've been saying all along, but neither here nor there. He doesn't want to fight it. The It's not like he had a come to Jesus. What, all of a sudden he just came to Jesus? Yes, I've been saved. I, I've, I've seen the error of my ways. And I am now going to be the inflation fighter of the world. I'm going to stop the theft. From all of you, all of you, 
that I created, that we, you know, we, that they created, right? Because remember, it's not we. It's called pressure from below, pressure from above, Joe. You create the problem, then you then you create the solution, and the solution is always government. And, right? And, and, and again, the problem is most of the spending goes to no productivity. And as Jason so smartly pointed out, what we have to pay in interest, we can't even forget about 10% of Fed's funds rate. Because you know how high it had to get for us to, you know, Paul Volcker crushed inflation! <laughs> Fed's fund rate was 20%. We can't have 20%. 20%, the interest alone would be like, I don't even know, six, seven, eight trillion dollars. I mean, who knows? Almost the entire world's economy. <laughs> you know, think about, think about this. We've got 40 trillion of debt between, uh, the Fed and, 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 and the national debt. Okay. So 20% on, on 40 trillion, right? Do, do the math. Now, granted, we don't have to roll all 40 trillion over, over in a year, but you get the idea trillions of dollars of non-productivity spending, which just makes the problem even worse. The whole thing's coming down. The whole banking system is going to be revamped. Believe me when I tell you, their goal is going to redefine banking as we know it, and the Fed is going to be the ultimate superpower banker. You're going to get wiped out. As sure as I'm sitting here, the Great Reset, the Great Reset is coming this way. I am Omnicron, leader of the Deceptive Variants. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour, Joe Jaquin, Jason Walker here on this Thursday uh, as we're live here in studios uh, on the front range here at 1360. Uh, I'll be here tomorrow, then I'll, tomorrow night, I'll be hopping back on a plane and, and back into uh, the Valley of the Sun. I'll tell you, wow, I didn't even put a sweatshirt on. I didn't have. I don't have long sleeves on. I mean, I, I have a a uh, a hoodie that's a super light. Like that's my that's my winter uh, jacket in Arizona that uh, I put it on. It probably didn't even need it. I mean, that's how warm it has been here. It's 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 absolutely crazy. It's it's like in the seventies. It's beautiful. Yeah, more than I fear any kind of virus. I fear the. It's either going to be a dry winter, but why do I feel like since we're already into December in Colorado without any major snows, why do I feel like December, January, February, we're going to get that 40 inches of snow where I get stuck here by myself doing all the shows? <laughs> I got to get some food supply. You know what, here, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'd love that. I'd love that <laughs> where Jason calls me up and says, okay, I've got the cot out. I'm, I'm going to be stuck here. For the next three days, that would that would make my day. Uh, so I want the water. That's at, all it's about. At ten or eleven o'clock at night, there'll be a lot of Renegade Radio going on. <laughs> <laughs> There's no TV set here, man. <laughs> so we were talking uh, before before uh, the break and talking about the amount of money spent without any productivity behind it, and we've kind of reached this point now where. 
almost all of even the infrastructure bill itself. And I'm not talking about the one that Biden still wants that Janet yelled, oh no, don't worry, it won't cause inflation. Did you hear did you hear what she said? about all the spending uh, that has occurred since coronavirus. Oh, well, that, that, that only had a little bit to do with inflation. That really, that didn't make inflation, you know, that much. Now, truth be told, she's probably right. Because they only spent like five or six trillion. I mean, you know, out of 40. So, you know, you're right. Yeah, okay. But... What she doesn't tell you is what they did. See, the government's been spending a lot of money for a while. But it's been the increase and the ginormous increase in the money supply, i.e. spending with no productivity that is going to be the downfall in the causing of the Great Reset. All your bank accounts are getting – trust me when I tell you, it's going to get raided – all the banks that we know, like J.P. Morgan, U.S. Bank, City, you know, all of them. It's ridiculous to hear that you could actually say only five or six trillion. You know, we're at a point where you right, can actually right, say right, yes, only, 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 only five or six trillion. Okay. How, we actually throw those terms around. I want to say, like the first year of doing radio, I was throwing a holy cow because I want to say the national debt for the year was going to be like three hundred billion. <laughs> You know, that's like a sneeze now. Yeah, that, that's that's a rounding error now, right? You know, three hundred billion's a rounding error. Uh, that that's the the difference in the scope of things. Uh, but but you know, when when we when we look at the, the they're they're all going to be redone. The banks are going to be more like hedge funds in the future. There'll be less of them too, right? Oh, there won't well there won't be a need for them. Only the big ones will be left. Yep, that's it. And the central bank will now be the banker. They'll be the bank with their digital currency. And then and, and think about all the convenience. You know, uh, they're, they're great. But we can just well, put, but I'm clicking a button. I'm, that's where you're clicking a button. I'm clicking a button. <laughs> Boom, there you go. Here's $1,000 in your account today. Right? Oh, hey, well, you're a good boy. You, you wore your mask and you didn't leave your house. And, and okay, here you go. Here's some money for you. And the only paper that'll exist will be a check. Yeah, probably. Because at least a check stays in their system. That's why that's okay. And and and, and all of the uh, when the reset comes, understand what you got to reset. You got to reset the money. You got to reset the debt. And when you think about the scope and the size of it, and you got to remember, we're at forty trillion now. Now, I like to, you know, hey, we just rolled over $29 trillion. Like, the other $9 trillion doesn't exist, right? I, I love that. Yeah, let's just pretend that that doesn't exist, okay? Because, see, listen, that's in my left pocket. See, we're only going to count the right pocket. We're not going to count the right and the left. No, I mean, right? Kind of just like inflation. Let's give you a fake number. And we're going to just say the fake number over and over again, and that way you won't real, realize what the real number is. And, and another reason for the reset, Joe, is is they're like like the video we listened to. They're they're taking production for nothing. Well, at some point the system's so messed up, they're not pulling as much production for what they're stealing. So they reset it so that uh, the debt is less. The numbers are all changed. We still, you know, we, we're still indebted to the system, but now they can pull more production out because they've reset the table. Right. Lop off a zero. Well, how do you lop off a zero? Well, we gotta we gotta go take the money from somewhere. 
Well, where's all the money? Think about where. And again, they're not going to take it from them. They're going to take it from, from us. Well, there's only two places America has money, really. 401ks and IRAs and bank accounts. That's it. The problem for the 401ks and IRAs, once Wall Street, and, and again, we, you know, we see Wall Street. We see it all the time. Hey, we're going to run up on, on the fake bubble cards and then <laughs> comes crashing down, fake bubble card crashing down. Right? That, that your IRAs, your 401ks, uh, unless you've got them with the right investors who uh, know what's actually going to happen and, and have your money in the right places, i.e., right, uh, let's take advantage of the high interest rates and all of those things, you're getting wiped out there. Force, and then, force the employees to yeah. buy the stocks, and, and then, then the it, CEO it, sells yeah, it. And then on your bank accounts, yeah, they'll, they'll let you know how much of your money you yeah. get to keep. Because we gotta, we gotta reset here. We need some money. Yep. That's how it's gonna happen. Patriot Radio News Hour. Final segment coming up. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour. Yeah, leave it in there if you dare. Go ahead. Maybe I'm wrong. Doubt it. Right. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. But uh, you know, they 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 don't want you to think about it. And, and they've made it really complicated, and and they've met and they made the system so messed up that for most people, I can't listen to that. I I, I don't want to believe that they're destroying the value of my productivity because I go to work every day to to be productive, yep. and they're actually working against me. Federal Reserve knows quintessential easy come, easy go. Easy come, easy go, not worth anything. And, uh, you know, I don't know who the creator of Bitcoin was, but why do why does all of a sudden this little theory, Jason told me about one of our listeners brought it to us, uh, is that maybe just really the central bank's own creation just to get you used to it? Uh, and, and of course, you got all the billionaires. What are they all? All the billionaires, they cheerlead the hell out of it, don't they? Yep. 2000, yeah, yeah, 2013, there was 9,800 cryptos versus the dollar. Now there's only seven cryptos yeah, per dollar. Yeah, well, that's pretty. That's fast for eight years. It's a pretty big devaluation, isn't it? Uh, today, U.S. $10 liberties, I don't have very many. I've got 40 $10 liberties. That's all there is anywhere in the, in the country right now that I can find. Uh, they're at a thousand and forty dollars a piece today. So a thousand forty uh, on U.S. ten dollar liberties. That makes two tens, a little less than a twenty. Uh, so that's always a good thing. Uh, we get that from time to time. A little more fractional uh, than the twenty dollar liberties. Uh, U.S. ten dollar liberties. There's only forty available at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Absolutely, guys. Uh, we got the half-empty cup of Joe coming up next. Uh, for, you know, I love when you guys in Arizona, you switch over. You go to 1360khnc.com and uh, listen to the Joe and I do another two hours of radio over here in, uh, in Johnstown, Colorado. It's, it's been a really busy, fun week having Joe here. And uh, uh, that, that $10 Liberty special that Joe's offering, and uh, they're always good specials. you know. And, and uh, we get questions. You know, it's funny. I've been here almost four years. People say, well, can I sell stuff to you? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we buy gold. We man. buy and sell gold all day long. Uh, by the way, uh, we're now up to two confirmed cases of the Omicron, uh, the latest from Minnesota. Minnesota uh, was not in South Africa, was in New York City 10 days ago. I am Omicron, leader of the deceptive variants. Yes, the deceptive variants. <laughs> uh, why do I got a funny feeling they're going to wait till this weekend and say there's gonna, there's been an outbreak of Omicron in New York well, City? Well, they, they, you know they they set this thing up really interesting Didn't because it, it can it can uh, mutate into five hundred different things. <laughs> oh, it's not it's not the bad thing. It creates the bad thing that's coming next year. There you go. The bad thing that's coming. By the way, both cases, uh, the both people were fully vaccinated. Great. So, Great. so, so there you go. So remember but, this. Remember but, this. Uh, but again, like I said, though, very mild cases. Omicron creates the bad one that they're going to tell us is bad next year. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We got to be against Omicron because it's it's the father of the bad things that are coming. Because we got 500 but bad ones coming. Omicron is going to birth Darth Vader. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be back. I am your father. <laughs> My goal. 800-951-0592. 